Hello and welcome to the Arise Worship Podcast. I'm your host, Judah Rodriguez, worship leader at Arise Church, and with me is my co-host, Dr. J, pastor at Arise Church. And we're glad you can join us for today's episode. Hello again, everyone. Hope you're all doing well. We had some new stuff happen at the church. We're starting to get things rolling at Arise Church, which is all good. Adding a couple of new areas and things. little update for what we're doing there. And Dad, you have some stuff you would like to talk about too, as far as the whole church. Yes. Knows. Yes. We, as you said, we did start some new things. And since it's the new year, we told you guys we're challenging everyone, everyone to read the Bible. So we keep that going. And... This month, we've been talking about the comeback. That's been our theme. You know, our theme for the year is reset. And for the month of January, we're calling it the comeback. That's where we're calling people to come back to God, the relationship with God, number one. Number two, the relationship with within the church. And then number three, themselves. You know, that's at least that's how far we've been so far. We're still going to talk about a little bit more on the comeback the next couple Sundays. But for now, that's where we're at. And we're asking everyone to just come back to their senses. We'll, we'll discuss that here in a little bit. But I think we're, we're going to share a scripture that that we've been talking about, about how we need to rebuild the house of God. And given the climate and everything that's going on right now and especially in the United States, uh, obviously around the world. But since we are in the U.S., we want to talk concerning and from that perspective. So we, the Lord gave us a scripture in Haggai, and the Judo read it. Yes, it says, I'll start from just the beginning. In the second year of Darius the king, in the sixth month, on the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai, the prophet to Zerubbabel, the son of, I always forget how to pronounce that name, <laughs> Shealtiel, <laughs> Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Thus says the Lord of hosts, these people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. And the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai, the prophet, is it a time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while this house lies in ruins? Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm, and he who earns wages does so to put them into a bag with holes. Mm. Wow. It, you know, and that's that's one of the things that we were talking about at church here the last few weeks. Is it time for us to be hiding? You know, the Bible says, you know, for us believers, we understand the signs of the time, or we should anyways. And a lot of the signs are pointing to, we're getting closer to the end. Now, I'm not going to tell you that tomorrow's the end or next week or next year or 10 years from now or 100 years from now. But I am certain that today we are closer than we were yesterday. And the Bible tells us that since we see the day approaching, that we need to encourage each other 
and all the more as we see that day getting closer, right? So that's what we're doing. We want to encourage everyone to get back to the relationship with God, even though there's a pandemic going around, there's a pandemic present, our belief is that we need to continue to build the house of God. Yes, and that is a big part of what we do at Arise Church. Not saying any other church doesn't, but it is a, a pretty big deal building up the church as a whole and inviting people to our church, Arise Church. But it's always good to bring people to your church locally. And it's pretty important. It's something we have to do. Yes. And part of building the church is for us to be in the church. Again, in Hebrews 10.25, the Bible says, don't give up meeting together as some are in the custom or have developed a habit of not meeting together with the saints. So what we need to do is we need to continue to meet together. I know that there's objections out there that say, we are the church. However, the Bible says that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. In other words, the Holy Spirit resides within us. But Jesus built the church. And in the church, Paul says, God gave some to be apostles, prophets, teachers, and so on and so forth. So we have different parts of the body. So you and I are an individual part of the body, or in other words, the church. But we ourselves, the individual part, is not the church. Therefore, in order for us to be more effective, we need every part in church. And I believe me, I, I know that the church is not necessarily a building. The church is a group of called or sent out ones. So we have to gather together, whether it's under a bridge, in a park, in a house, in, in a church building, in a building with four walls, a building that's falling down, whatever it is, we need to get together. And when we do get together, that's where the church is. Therefore, the scripture the prophet Haggai was talking about, is it time for you yourselves to be in your own homes while the house of God lies in ruin or remains in ruin or is going into ruins? And right now, since the announcement of the, the coronavirus, it seems that the houses of worship around the U.S. are going to ruin. One of the things that really troubled me uh, when the announcement came out was there was somebody mentioned it and I think it was in a Twitter. Is that right? Twitter? Yes. Twitter feed <laughs> that someone said, what happened to all these healing ministries? And that really got under my skin. I, you know, and I don't know if, you know, I needed to be upset about it or anything, but it, it really got under my skin for the simple purpose of it wasn't an attack on the individuals, the healing ministers or preachers or prophets or what have you. It was an attack on God. Was God unable 
to protect us from this virus. What do you say, Judah? I believe he is. He still is, always has been. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So nothing's ever really going to change. So we have to believe that God is protecting us at all times and is always with us. And I believe that. And especially for things in school, sometimes people don't always know how they're going to pay, especially myself. But God always makes a way when people are sick, he heals. I know you've seen a lot of that happen over the years. I've seen it maybe once that I can remember. But it's it's pretty cool to see what he can do when you trust in him fully. Yes. And, and that's that's really what, what we need to get at it and to get everyone to understand is that God is still able. And the fact that people were saying... You know, what happened to all these healing ministers or healing ministries that are closing their churches down was really an attack on God. Mm -hmm. uh, and everybody, you know, all these ministers and preachers and prophets or what have you, they all said, you guys need to stay home because of the virus. And I think, it, it, me, I believe that that was a problem. That's where a real big problem happened in the U.S., in the United States church or body of believers. And what we need to do is we need to repent from hiding. We need to repent from doing that and getting back to the essence of what it is to be a believer. And we need to stand our ground. In Hebrews 10, at the end, it's at the end of chapter 10, It tells us we're not of those that shrink back, but of those that stand. So we, we need to be able to stand in the midst of this trial, in the midst of this pandemic, and go and build God's house. There's never, never an opportunity for us not to be in fellowship with other believers. Mm -hmm. And that's something we started at the beginning of the year at Arise Church was challenging our members to bring at least one member was it every month yes every month mm -hmm. and just so we can start to see the impact that god has on people's lives and really really have a big impact in the world growing the church making sure that what we're doing is not for our own gain but for the global church for god and seeing how how that all turns out and I haven't done so well. I don't think I've invited anybody, but that's on me because I don't talk too much. So I I don't really communicate with too many people. Well, you have a, a chance right now. Yes. All of you can watch online or if you live in the area, you can come as my guest to our rice church. And that'll, I'm sure that'll boost, boost my, my group thing. <laughs> yeah. So, so when you get to church, say Judah invited me. And then we'll introduce you to Judah and, you know, thank you for attending our service. Yes, it would be really cool to meet everyone there. We're, we're excited to grow the church. Yes. You know, and but, but here's the thing is this past Sunday we were talking about, you know, when the prodigal son left the house, the house of his protection, the house that he had everything in, he went and spent everything that he had, right? Yes. And, and when he spent everything that he had, he was all alone. Yeah, he, he he never got he was never satisfied after spending it all. 
it was left an empty void inside of him. And when he returned home, he kind of felt he lost all his worth yes. uh, in doing so and didn't believe he was worthy to be a son anymore. Yes. And, and that's the thing is that, you know, sin will always take you further than you want to go mm-hmm. and keep you longer than you want to stay. Yes. And that's what's so deceiving about the enemy is that he'll start with something small. For example, obviously the pandemic, the worldwide pandemic is not something small, but the something small is, hey, you guys need to stay home for your safety. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it seems logical. Yes. It, it seems like it's wisdom. It seems like, well, you know, yeah, it, it, that, that sounds about right. God would want us to take care of ourselves. And it sounds so simple like that. But sin will always take you further than you want to go and keep you longer than you want to stay. So what happens is that when you stop going to church, then you stop listening and you say, well, you know, I can watch it online. But really, do you sit there and and listen to the 30-minute, 45-minute, hour, hour and a half whole service in your house? Even if you have it on TV, do you listen to the whole thing? Or are you distracted? I feel most people would be distracted, but it it's really easy to be comfortable at home. And sin is something that uses your comfort zone mm-hmm. and comfortability. Make it seem like it's okay with whatever that you're doing. But yeah, it's I get pretty distracted at home. So yes. it would... M- most times I'd probably go off in my own thoughts. I get, I get pretty lost in my thoughts sometimes. <laughs> and that's easy. I mean, it's, it's easy for me. Yes. You know, I can watch segments, mm-hmm. you know, like little video clips at home, you know, a five minute clip, a 10 minute clip of a, of a sermon or something, but, you know, to pay attention to a whole, you know, while I'm sitting at home and just, there's so many distractions, it's, it's difficult. Now, obviously, I, I know that there's some of you that that can do it. I'm not saying it's impossible for everyone. Yeah, you know, but but for the most part, you know, people will be distracted, and that's what the enemy wants. He wants you to be home, so that then, once you stop listening, then he can have you, and he wants you all alone, just like he had the prodigal son. Yes, and it's pretty dangerous being comfortable sometimes. God almost all the time gets you out of your comfort zone to use us to grow his church, to invite. Like for myself, I would say I'm a pretty shy guy and I have been for most of my life, especially when I got into school, It I kind of closed up and that was comfortable for me. So talking to people and inviting, even singing on stage, playing guitar, all of that stuff was scary for me. But I trusted in God and now it's it's comfortable but not too much to the point where like I feel like I'm the best at it because I certainly don't feel that way. I just want to make sure what I'm doing is pleasing to God and yes. making sure that it's not for my own gain. Yes. And, and I, I believe that that's what the enemy wants. He's attacking our senses. You know, the... And that's something we talked about this past Sunday at church is that the Bible says that when the prodigal son came to his senses, 
he realized that where he was wasn't even close to being where servants were in his house. In other words, he had a great position where he was, if you will. I mean, he was hanging out with pigs and sleeping with pigs. But then he realized, in my father's house, the servants have a better, have better living conditions than I do. Mm-hmm. So he came to his senses. He finally realized, and I blew it. I made a mistake. So now I need to get back to my father's house. Even if I'm not considered a son anymore, I'll be in a better condition, in a better position than I am here. And that's when we need to come to our senses. That's why I say we need to come to our senses because this coronavirus, this is what I want you to really pay attention to. What's a a sure sign that you have COVID? You lose uh, your sense of taste and your smell. Yes. You lose the sense of taste and you lose a sense of smell. So what the enemy is doing through this COVID coronavirus thing is that he's attacking our senses. Now watch. We have the five senses, right? What are they? Taste, smell, sight, hearing, and touch. Yes. So what happens is a sure sign that we have it is that we lose our sense of smell or we lose our sense of taste. So those are two senses. So the things, watch, if you lost your sense of taste, then you could, in, in essence, eat something that you wouldn't normally eat because you can't taste it. So it doesn't matter what you intake, right? Because you're not able to taste it. In addition to that, you wouldn't be able to enjoy the things that you used to enjoy, you know, be it a, a pizza, you know, for those of you that are crazy enough, uh, a bowl of menudo <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, a smoothie or whatever it may be, sushi or ceviche, whatever, whatever it may be, you wouldn't be able to enjoy those items because you lost your sense of taste. But in addition to that, you wouldn't be able to notice when you're eating something that's not, that you didn't like because you don't have a sense of taste. Mm -hmm. And I actually saw something. It kind of uses it as an analogy in a way. Sin is something that kind of hinders all of that, your senses, like you were saying. And it's like when you lose your sense of taste you you would eat a food you normally wouldn't eat but it you can't really tell it feels normal which is how many people get in with their sin they get comfortable in that area they continue to do it and they think it's okay just because they're forgiven which they are but a lot of it is just it's not good to live that way especially like for an alcoholic who's become sober, you kind of lose that taste for those drinks after so many years of not drinking it. It's like a bitter taste to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, so you lose your sense of taste. Then you can lose your sense of smell. 
So now you're in surroundings that in the past you wouldn't be around because of the smell. <laughs> You'd be like, man, this stinks, and you want to get out of there. The prodigal son understand that he was hanging out with pigs, feeding pigs, and wanted to eat what the pigs were eating. Now, in the Jewish culture, that's a big no-no. Like, man, you don't want to be anywhere near pigs or eat pigs or have anything to do with anything with pigs, right? But because when we lose our sense of smell, we can be around stinky stuff and it doesn't bother us. Yes, and that again goes hand in hand, taste and smell kind of give you the whole aroma of it all. You grow accustomed to the taste and you like the way it smells. And when you're out of that, comfort for a long time and you go back to it you realize that it was not as good as you thought it was pretty bad and you feel disgusted right right and and that's the problem that this coronavirus thing is doing it's dulling and killing our senses so that we begin to call bad good and good bad so now Everything is muddied, so everything's kind of like the same. Everything is like, well, whatever, you know, as long as we're surviving. Now, those are the two senses that the the media and science tells us that that is being attacked. But now on the spiritual perspective, we, we gave you some examples there on the spiritual perspective of those two senses. But I want to go to the other three senses and go, you know, just dive a little bit further into that your sense of hearing it's affected by this coronavirus you know if you're home and you know you're home because either the pastor told you to stay home the prophet apostle whatever whatever it may be whoever it may be or the media or the governor or the mayor or the president or whoever told you to stay home right so you go And then your sense of hearing starts being attacked because as we were talking about earlier, how many of us are not distracted when we're home trying to listen to the message? Yeah, and a lot of it can come from inside the house when you catch something, you hear something that kind of grabs your attention, you kind of look over at it and you may miss something important or it just takes you away from it completely and i know for me whenever i hear something like i may be watching like a sermon or going over stuff from past services and i see something or i hear something it's cool or familiar to me and then i kind of gravitate towards that again and then later on i'll forget or i'll forget and later on i'll remember what I was doing before and I just completely put it off and I get back to it. But usually if I hear something, my attention is I like quickly go to whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's the, that's the challenge and that's the problem. And that's how the enemy begins to attack our sense of hearing. We stop hearing the word and the Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So as he sends us away from church, 
and, you know, preachers, media, governors, leaders, whoever it may be, approve this, then we make sense of it, think of it and, and reason with it and, and say, well, that's logical, that's reasonable. So and we stay home. But there are some people who don't have, for example, internet access or don't have computers. Yes. It would be convenient for them to be able to go to a church. And if that place is closed, they tell you to stay home. It, it's not always convenient for some people. Right. You know, and there are some people who need to be home. There's some people who are ill, who are bedridden, who can't leave home. But for the most part, it's the able bodies that choose to stay home. And when we choose to stay home, it starts affecting our sense of hearing. Yes. And it kind of takes you away from it. People get so used to just kind of going through the motions of a, a Sunday morning or whenever you choose to attend church. And when you get out of that rhythm, it kind of takes you out completely. So you're not hearing the word, you're not learning. You may not feel as driven or built up to kind of follow God and really dig deep into the word. Mm -hmm. It uh, takes you out completely. Yeah, and that's what Jesus said. My sheep, they know me, and when they hear my voice. So it's vital that we hear him. Yes, and uh, I know for me... I. You can get used to everyone. We all know the sound of our like our parents' voices. We're very familiar. We don't ask, even though our phones have caller IDs. We still know whether answering the phone or if they're calling to you in person, you know who that person is because you're so familiar. And many people aren't familiar with the voice of God. They just kind of forget it. And it's unrecognizable as like a stranger almost to them. And, and I think for those of us who have the technology at our fingertips, we have phones, we have smartphones, we have computers, we have smart TVs, smart homes, all of that connected to the internet. And we're saying, well, it's not a big deal because we can always connect to the church from home. But there are many who don't have access to all of that. And the church is affected. And by church, I don't mean the building. I mean the body of Christ. The Bible tells us, and you know, the Apostle Paul told it in 1 Corinthians 14, that when we come together, not if we come together, we need to have a hymn. We need to have a word of encouragement, a prophecy, you know, some healings. We need to have these things. And all of those things are done for the building up or the encouragement or the strengthening of the church, meaning the body of Christ. If we can't hear, it affects our ability to grow our faith. Yes. And it, for me, it's not a very easy thing to do. I know those most people have that access. Even for myself, I get distracted sometimes, but you can always have like the Bible app on your phone, pull something up on YouTube where there's a live stream, which is great, but some people don't use that. They just, they say they have access to it and then it just 
forget about it. It's yeah. it's not really important to them. Yeah. Well, it's easy to overlook. Yes. It it gets hidden under all the other stuff you have going on. Yeah. There's laundry. There's dishes. There's TV shows. There's you know binge watching. There's Netflix. There's yeah. Hulu. There's so many things at home that'll distract us. And and I I really believe that that's part of the reason why coronavirus is affecting our senses. So we talked about our sense of smell, our sense of taste, our sense of hearing. And now let's see about our sense of touch. The touch, it's more like when you can grab hold of something. It's like... Like fellowship. Yes, like fellowship. When... Um, you shake someone's hand, give someone a hug, you're laughing together, talking about so-and-so's day or their week and the things that go on. And then how, if they're new to church in a sense, that you can ask them, like, how how did you hear about our church? Or did you invite someone, bring someone with you? Just you learning about the others, other members in a church is always really good, especially those that are not in a church. And it's a whole new thing to them, getting them used to seeing that the fellowship and the friendship that are built there at the church. And I think that's part of the reason why depression is on the rise, because people aren't being touched. You know, we're cooped up in our homes. We're cooped up in our bedrooms. You know, to the point that they even tell, they're telling families no more than X amount of numbers, you know, and we have a big family. <laughs> yes, there was a time when I think it was no more than four and we were a family of six. So it, it kind of didn't make sense for us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like no more than four people. I said, what? So I can't talk to my own children and <laughs> my own wife. And it was crazy, you know, but it, it's it's a sense of touch. He, the enemy wants to isolate you. You know, one of the worst forms of punishment in prison is to put someone in isolation in a room by themselves without anyone talking to them, touching them. You know, it, it just having fellowship, camaraderie. And that's what the enemy wants. He wants to put all of us on the island of Patmos by ourselves so that we can go stir crazy so that we can lose our mind. And that's the sense of touch, how he is really dictating who and and what we can touch. It it doesn't make sense to me. I was watching an NBA game and, and they were talking about the players cannot talk to each other or shake hands, you know, the NBA protocol, whatever. They can't shake hands before games or after the games. But during the game, they can, like, slap each other, sweat on each other, hug each other. It just, it doesn't make sense. And and so many people are just going with it. And we are being attacked. Our senses are being attacked. When you can we, get you can get lost in your own thoughts when you're alone too. It that's another way the enemy tries to attack. When you're alone, you don't have that friendship. You know, you get lost in your thoughts with a lot of negative things. Yes. It pulls you out even more from the church. It's like you can just leave your Bible over there 
and you know God understands. You'll yes. uh you'll do it another time, and eventually that becomes a pattern every day in your life, and it takes a toll on you. Yes. And, and that's I really believe again. The enemy is attacking our senses. He wants to completely destroy us, and he's using using this coronavirus to uh, come about it in a different way. But the objective is the same, completely destroying us, the children of God. So now, we talked about our sense of taste. Smell, touch, and hearing, and all that's left is sight. Yes, and... Some of you, I hope not, but some of you may be thinking this, all this is, you know, it makes sense. But, you know, these are just conspiracy theories. So I don't see it. And there you go. (laughs) That is our sense of sight. When we don't see what is in front of us, when we don't see what is there and the bible tells us that the god the enemy the devil the god of this world has blinded us and along with that it's going going to church you get to see signs signs and wonders it's talked about in the bible and it may not happen all the time but that's where a lot of the faith comes from. We believe first, and then we will see it. And some people want to see it first so they can believe it. And it kind of discourages them. It's like it, it doesn't mean much to them at that point because they they lose focus on God and kind of just walk away from it all. Yeah, and that's where we get the, the doubting Tom you know, saying is that Thomas, the disciple said, I will not believe unless I see. And Jesus came and showed him. And then Jesus, when, when Tom, Thomas believed, Jesus said, you believe because you have seen. He goes, but blessed are those that have not seen and yet have believed. So the enemy is trying to blind us to all of this. If you can see it, Jesus said, you are blessed. You will get a blessing. And we want to live our lives reflecting that as well so that others can see it because the devil blinds them from even having a friend, like a Christian friend. Because most of the time they, they see it as a bad thing. They don't see the good that can come from it. And when they can see like, that light shining from you, you being the light in their darkness at certain times, pointing them in the right direction, helping them get where they need to go, then their sight can be restored. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's something that Jesus can do. You know, this coming Sunday, I'm going to be preaching about coming back to our senses. So if you are in our area, come visit us, One six three two zero. Hebner Road, if you're in the area, we start right at 9. If you want to meet with us and, you know, have a little fellowship before service, 
show up a little bit early at 8.30. We have coffee and donuts. We we have a good time before service uh, talking with each other. And like I said before, you can come as my guest and help boost my numbers. <laughs> it would It would really help, but we would love to meet you all. And we hope that you would even continue to show up week after week because it's it's really fun when you get into it the sermon is always very good and then our worship we enjoy that a lot and we would love all of you to experience that with us and not keeping it to ourselves so please show up yes and on top of that it'll help you if you if you want to wear a mask you're more than welcome to we have a few families that wear masks we have families that don't wear you know one of the things that i tell the church is we have freedom to exercise our faith however our faith allows us in romans chapter 14 the bible says that some faith allows them to eat anything and someone else's faith allows them to be more restrictive on their faith so in the same way we believe that someone's faith may allow them to attend church without a mask while someone else's faith is more restrictive and demands or requires that they wear a mask. Either way, you are welcome. You are welcome to come and worship with us. We worship with clapping our hands, singing, making joyful sounds. Jumping. Jumping, shouting. Everyone worships differently. However you worship is welcome with us. We've got a group of young guys and a girl up there with us. And we all do it differently. And even sometimes when, whenever we're worshiping, it kind of gets the church to do it too. So if you don't know how, just follow. And we're hoping that the Holy Spirit would show you how to do it. Yes. And you can do it any way you want. You can cross your hands. You can just watch us. However it is, be there. We really want you to get back to building the house of God, you know, let, let's consider our ways as the scripture that we were talking about earlier said, consider our ways, what it has been the outcome. Once again, if you would like to get a hold of us, send us an email at aw at arise210.org. Yes. Uh, send us any questions you have, any comments, you know, Word of encouragement would be wonderful. <laughs> yes. Anything, you know, just let us know that you're listening as well. Share it with your friends. Yes. Share it with others so they can grow with you if this is helping you grow at all. Or if it's just encouraging, it would help for you to encourage them as well. Yes. Anytime you can get a little bit of words of encouragement, it is important for you. So let your friends know, your family, your in-laws, the outlaws, whoever you know, put it on blast on your social media. Yes. And if you can watch online, please share the feeds. Take advantage of the technology at your fingertips. Don't just let it go to waste. Yes. Arise Worship has a social media. Yes, we do. Arise Worship Official and AriseChurch.sa is the church social media accounts. Okay. That's on Instagram. You can find us also on Facebook for the church at Arise210, facebook.com forward slash Arise210. You can watch our sermons there, our live services. 
You can also go to our website, rise210.org. I, I recently we redid the website, so go on there, sign up for our newsletter that is coming soon so that we can keep in touch with you. There's so many things going on at Arise Church, and we would love for you to be a part of it. So we're looking forward to meeting you. So to all of you who are going to come on Sunday and be a guest of Judah, let us know, and uh, we will introduce you to Judah and introduce you to some of our members, leaders, and, and you'll have a great time. I know God will speak to you. Yes, and we'd all really like to meet you. And don't let my shyness be discouraging. Come up to me and talk because I will say hello and have a small conversation with you. <laughs> but once again, we do appreciate you joining us today. Share this podcast with your friends. Help us grow our audience. Yes, please share it with everyone you know. Even if you don't know them, sometimes that'll help. Maybe a little weird, but it's always good to spread the word of God. Yes, I am Dr. J, pastor at Arise Church. And I'm Judah, worship leader at Arise Church. And thank you for listening to the Arise Worship Podcast. We'll see you next time.